1: Welcome to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and today, three more Oscar-contending films, including Ben Affleck's 1920s Prohibition drama starring himself, called Live by Night. And Mark Wahlberg teams up again with director Peter Berg, and the result is a moment-by-moment account of the Boston Marathon bombings, and it's called Patriot's Day. And legendary filmmaker Martin Scorsese returns to the roots of his Catholic faith and delivers one of the more challenging movies of the year. It's called Silence.
2: Nine Wine Expert Haley Hamilton Cogill. This week we'll deviate from wine to spirits for a perfect pairing for a prohibition drama, which you might think equates to whiskey... However, instead, we'll head to the Caribbean for a perfect Live by Night pairing with one of my favorite rums, Brugal from the Dominican Republic. But before we toast with a perfect Cuba Libre or a mojito in our rum sense, Gary, let's talk Live by Night.
1: <laughs> well, we'll get to rum runners here. I in a can't second, wait. That's, a <laughs> that's great pretty time. much what it is. So we've both seen this film, and I'm just going to say up front that I think uh, the more I think about Live by Night, the worse it gets. Oh, okay. And I don't think it's a bad film, I just don't think it's a great film. And I don't think it's the big Oscar-caliber cali- Oscar contending film. Did
2: it actually come out? Did, did it it did. Uh, did. it open someplace? Yeah,
1: it's opening okay. most time around right the country now, right yeah. now. But it opened on Christmas Day in, in New York, York and York, Los okay. Angeles okay. Uh, for Oscar consideration. And, and go figure. I mean, it's Ben Affleck, who the last film he directed won the Academy Absolutely. Award. And it's a great film called Argo. Go Argo. go Argo yourself. <laughs> yeah. He also directed The Town, which I think is a really good film mm-hmm. with Jeremy Renner and mm-hmm. himself. I mean, he's, he stars in his films, and when I make fun of him being... In this, it kind of stands out more than it usually does in a Ben Affleck dress, directed film. So he's he's an Irish guy. He's Joe uh, Coughlin or Conglin. Yeah, he's from Boston, and he's the son of a Boston police superintendent. Very corrupt Pl- 1920s.
2: But but a Boston police superintendent that we love played yes. incredibly well by, by Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson, who yes,
1: and his son is in every other film. Yes, yes, yes but we, we love, love Brendan, Brendan Gleeson, yeah. of course. Uh, and but he it was,
2: didn't save the film. <laughs> right. And so, you know, the first
1: part takes place in Boston, and then it moves to Florida, and they go to Florida they're because they're, Florida. they're rum runners. So he's kind of a rum runner, crime boss, g- Tommy gun toting bad guy. He's kind of living his own version of the American dream. It's based on the novel by Dennis Lehane, who, who wrote Gone Baby Gone, who wrote Mystic River, who wrote mm. Shutter Island. I think— I think Dennis Lehane has written nine novels that have actually been made into films. Mm-hmm. It's a it's kind of an I think attempt attempted. I love gangster movies so I'm going to make the best gangster movie I can and and more power to him. Go mm-hmm. do it. It's a big budget, beautiful looking film. It's got a great music score. I I think it's so emotionally distant that even when everybody's shooting each other and running from each other and when they're chasing him in his old car, mm-hmm. I don't really care. I'm just kind of <laughs> looking at how cool the old car is. Yeah. And then it's, got, it's really
2: it is. Yeah. It's a beautiful film, and I think that there are some like I thought Zoe Saldana was was really great in it. I think His Elle Fanning cast is, is, great. is great in it. Yeah. Um, I always think Sienna Miller's a little, a little odd, and I think she was (laughs) odd. Isn't she odd?
1: (laughs) But she's really good.
2: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Wasn't
1: she in the Tarzan movie? (laughs) I think she was was in that Legend of Tarzan movie earlier this year. I always find her kind of one of the better things that she's in. Uh, also Chris Cooper, who can do no wrong, is in this film. Um, he's got such a tragic part in it. Elle Fanning has the most interesting part to me because she's like a Hollywood ingenue who becomes a tent revivalist. Right. And she becomes a teetotaler. Yeah, she has
2: her own kind of interesting storyline. There's a lot of there's a lot of film in one film. There there are there's nine stories going on,
1: especially the second half of the film. Yes, right. It it all doesn't really quite add up. I would go see this film. I'd pay money to go see this film because I think Affleck's a really good director. I think he's one of our better directors, actually. But when I watch this film, I you know preaching against the sins of evil and alcohol and sin and
2: oh let's go have a cocktail. Let's go have a cocktail.
1: <laughs> so one of the main things is he's he's a rum runner, and when he's when he's running the rum, he you know, gets into all kinds of bad guys because all that rum's coming out of Cuba, right? And uh and I I find all that kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I kind of find it really interesting that we actually had a time in our life where you couldn't drink alcohol,
2: right? Well, and and there are a lot of people that still believe. That it's it's the root of all evil, and I'm not one of them. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> um, but that's that's certainly something that that a lot of people. Believe in and and did really believe in during during the prohibition times. Well, and, and
1: things become cyclical because right now we're going through the push to legalize marijuana. Right, right, and and, and it's not unsimilar mm-hmm. or dissimilar.
2: Well, especially then when you look at the tax money that is gained, especially single state taxes. And yeah. when you think about trying to get wine into Canada. You know the 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 taxes that that government puts on. On these these terrible things, I mean, it's it's yeah. it funds it funds really really great things. The taxes that that the government puts on things like cigarettes and alcohol, and well, now so, what and you're, you're it, seeing with yes. with marijuana, but I. It, it's it's also very odd. I mean, it makes no sense to me that you can you can drive from Arkansas to Texas and buy the same bottle of wine for half the price because the Arkansas government's going to take. And I'm using Arkansas for an example, mm-hmm. but um um you can you, you the the tax laws are such that that it seems like there should be I don't know the regulations of it is a, is a little bit odd. I so think. they
1: want to take all that money and fund alcohol, you know.
2: Let's Fight start, alcoholism. Exactly. Start AA. Let's and us tax
1: cigarettes to tax all the people that are addicted to cigarettes.
2: Right. Right. And and are you really helping those? I don't know. It's it's yeah. a whole other. Discussion. That's another thing.
1: <laughs> so the bottom line for the film, though, I I think for me is that I think it's a good film. Not. I think it's a B minus or a B. I don't think it's an A level film, and I don't think it's the Oscar level film. The only thing that it might get is cinematography or editing or maybe even a music score, but there's no acting nods in this film, I don't think at all, you know, when the Oscar nominations come out later in the month. But I do like it that they're running rum and there's lots and lots of barrels of it.
2: There's lots of barrels. Yes. A lot of them you, get
1: shot up, too, yes, by Tommy Gunn.
2: How do you make great rum? Well, you need good barrels. And um, so I thought my my perfect pairing for kind of our feature our first featured film this week um, would be a great rum. Um, I had a chance to visit the Dominican Republic several years ago with Brugal, which is one of the oldest rums in the Caribbean, uh, and and I think it's it's one of the rums I really really love because they kind of have have hung their hat on making a very dry rum, which isn't always common because if you think of what the base of rum is and it's sugarcane and so sh- rum is made from molasses which in your, your mind would just say oh well that's, that's sugar. That's and sweet. So how can you make a dry rum from a sweet product but it's, it's thanks to their distillation process and then the, the way the rums are aged. Um, they're aged in, in American oak barrels and, and I think one of the other kind of key factors as to why Brugal is so delicious and and such a, a a clean spirit that that I am attracted to, almost like a vodka. You think mm. that the vodka is has no the 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 whole point often of vodka is that it, it doesn't taste like anything, and and the the Rugal Extra Dry in particular um, is that way. It's a it's a clean, crystal clear white rum spirit, and and the. How it's made though is because it is so hot, the summertime summertime in, in, in the dr is is dreadfully yeah. humid. it's it's hot and and you do have barrels and barrels and barrels that are stacked. Sky high in warehouses that, thanks to that humidity and that heat, actually um, kind of penetrates into the oak and and intensifies the aging of it. So you can get a really really rich product with uh with with uh, within a short time.
1: So you went into the barrel room. Uh, at we Rugal, did everything. Didn't you? It was
2: actually a, a really f- interesting and, and educational trip. We we traveled throughout the entire country. Um, but Puerto Plata is is kind of the main headquarters of Brugal, and it's on the the northern um, coast of the country. And most people think of the DR, um, Putacana, as kind of the big tourist area, and there's lots of, of casinos and hotels and such. But Puerto Plata is is a little bit away from it, but, but again, on the coast. And one, it's it's just beautiful. It's one of my my favorite places that that I visited on a trip. It just you know beautiful beaches. You've been wanting people. to go back there. I, I did. I really really enjoyed um, this experience. But then going into the barrel rooms and seeing, um, we kind of saw the the whole process. We went out to the sugar cane fields, and and they are making it the the rum in a, in a very clean, sustainable way. It's a hundred percent produced within the DR, which is also a great um, thing. Um, their master blenders. Uh, is it was started in 1888, and they're they're using the same techniques and the same um, production methods that they've used. Since then, and and that 1888 kind of brings me to one of their their key products, which I think is your favorite.
1: Oh my, um, oh my gosh!
2: Is it's almost a rum that drinks like a whiskey? And I'm not a
1: rum drinker, but I drink this.
2: It's it's beautiful because it's it's made originally. Um, they do age it and and the American oak barrels, and then they transfer it to former uh, sherry uh, casks, just like they do many scotches. So and they're barrel
1: aged for years, y- aren't they?
2: Exactly, and and you do you get this really rich you know honey and toffee and and caramel um, dried fruit dried um, orange peel kind of notes on a rum product which you usually think might be um, more of something you'd get with a bourbon or a scotch but this this incredible rum has it and it's so smooth i think that uh, where some of the traditional kind of brown spirits have have a little bit of a bite to it this is just rich and delicious and and a really great product to just sip on its own
1: is rum always that kind of Caramel color.
2: Well, the the arrow the the barrel aging um makes it it that color. color. Otherwise, it's clear. Well, and so it'd be clear. And that's but in order for it to be a rum, you do age it for for a period of time in in barrels. But then the distillation that they use actually because the the the. Extra dry that, that I love that I drink, like I would, you know, use it as I would vodka for like a vodka soda. It's so kind of pure and, mm. and tasteless, um, that, that you can drink it with soda and it, it's not going to be a big alcohol bomb, which I, I really yeah. enjoy. Um, through the distillation, they can create a, a, a clear rum. And they're also kind of just a side note. I'm always, always like a, a company that does, that does good work and, and the DR is, as many kind of Caribbean, Caribbean countries, it is a, a poorer country. It's it's uh, very much a kind of working man's country, and and Brugal has has done a really really incredible job with with giving back to their community, which you hope for for any um, big industry yeah, in any country. Yeah, they probably employ a lot of people. Employ a lot of people, but they also started a, a, the Brugal Foundation that. Um, build schools for for underprivileged children, and we actually had a chance to go to one of these schools and meet these kids, and it was just a really, really uh, special thing. And it's nice to see, like I said, a, a very a, a, a big company and and probably one of the largest companies within the DR that's not a casino. Um, it's uh. such a tourist um, kind of. Area there's so many people that that kind of hang their hat on on tourism in the DR. So to see um, a local company that's really giving back to their own and to the community, and also making a sustainably produced product, it was it was really wow. special. It's it's a great great product, and and it's also interesting because with th- everything the doors being open to Cuba, I'm personally very excited that we're going to have Havana Club eventually.
1: You've been talking about in, that for years in,
2: in the U.S. because I do think Havana Club from from Cuba is also a great rum product, but. Always, you know, they're they're on the shelves by right next to each other, or they, they certainly will be. And and Brugal always has that little kind of fisherman's net around it. So if yeah. you can't remember the name, just look for the the bottle with the fisherman's net, and and now you're kind of doing a good thing.
1: Oh, what did I get for Christmas? Like 1888. Thank you, <laughs> yeah. Santa. Santa was good. Thank you, Santa. Do Haley, like that product. In yeah. The, there's another film I want to touch on real quick, and it's called Patriots Day. Mm-hmm. So, we both really like this. I, I think there's two films out there right now that you have to see because they're mainstream and entertaining, and they deal with difficult subjects, but they but they don't they don't appear that difficult. Mm-hmm. One is Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. And the other is That's Patriot's Day. Mm-hmm. I would take everybody I know to see these films, Patriot's Day being a little more R-rated. Right. But it, but it's a moment-by-moment moment timeline of what happened during that 2013 Boston Marathon. And I th- I, th- I remember watching it on television and watching the whole sequence of— and We they were f- up
2: in Canada. We were yes. we were doing Words and Pictures. And, and- I was
1: fascinated by it's it beca- because, you know, they're trying to find the two guys and mm-hmm. then— or. Identify them and then find them and then what happened to them, and it 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 answers all of your questions on this. This is not a movie about movie stars. Mark Mm -hmm. Wahlberg's the star of it, but not really. I mean, it's got J.K. Simmons in it, it's got Kevin Bacon in it, it's got John Goodman, and they're all good. It's got this little couple out on a date Mm -hmm. that I think was so interesting in this film about what happened after the bombings. Mm -hmm. And then it, it deals with all, you know, the, not only the victims, but the people and the police and how, how do you get a community together to fight this that fast? Mm-hmm. And not have total chaos. And you can see the chaos, but you can also see them working together.
2: How, they actually work things out. I think that was kind of one of the most interesting things because we've seen movies that have timelines and and you mm-hmm. you follow kind of the sequence of events, and sometimes they don't really work. And it did seem like like this was very thought through and thoughtful mm-hmm. because that's the other thing. They are actually real people that the story was about it's not a fictional story it's it's definitely something it's definitely something that that didn't happen that long ago and so it's still very very fresh and very hard for so many people and i think they they did it in a really respectful it's and so respectful way. Yeah.
1: yes in fact and this is the director peter berg whom we like a lot mm-hmm. uh did Lo- he's done three films now um, with Wahlberg in a row really lone survivor Deepwater horizon And now this, and I I think this is the more mainstream of those. I think this is not more important. It's just really good about what it's about. Mm -hmm. I'm really proud of this film. I'm really proud of them for stepping back and letting the film serve the audience and not trying to serve themselves by making a cool film. Mm -hmm. Because it's not really that. Did
2: you, when we saw it, because we saw it a a few weeks ago, did mm -hmm. you, have has your opinion or anything changed on it?
1: I w- if, if anybody put it in their top ten list of the year, I would be happy. Mm-hmm. I put it in the top twenty. Nice, but maybe not the top ten. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. more I think about it, the better this film gets.
2: See, that's interesting. Live I, by Night moves I, right, down, and this, moves, this up. moves up. And is that just because the the as you think about it more? Uh, you know, the kind of how, the, the respect that w- it was given, the, the way that it was done.
1: Sometimes when you see movies that are really mainstream, because the Oscar season is a lot of art films, a lot of difficult films, it's not being easy, but not, but I looked at Hidden Figures and thought, that's the most mainstream, entertaining, you get a history lesson about racism in our culture and feminism in our culture, or about women in the workplace in our culture, and, and, and,
2: but in a format that makes, but, but
1: in a format of entertainment.
2: Yes, yes. And I
1: think you get an idea of police work and detective work and community work and loyalty to the city and the community you live in. Um, Without it being heavy-handed in its face. Without it hitting
2: you, exactly.
1: I know, exactly. I don't look at Patriots Day as a message movie, and I don't look at Hidden Figures as a message movie. Mm-hmm. And they're both chock full of messages, mm-hmm. which is what I think really good writing and directing do. Mm-hmm. It's all, we all get it, it's all under the radar, we all understand it, and it's still really, really entertaining.
2: And I think that that's, that's probably why, is because yeah. it, it was done in a very respectful way, yeah. Patriots Day in particular, that, and, that it, there are so many ways that it could have gone, and it could have just beat you over the head with Here, oh. "Here's what we want to talk about, and this is why we're doing it." Yeah, and instead, it was done just. And I, I don't know. I, I assume that that's Peter Berg, and I think that he and Mark Wahlberg do a ha, have a good team, and and how they create movies together. Yeah,
1: and every time I see them on an interview, I think they're respectful mm-hmm. of the situation. They don't mm-hmm. get on and toot their own horn and. Talk about how cool they are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm a big fan. Go see Patriot's Day. I, I hope you get a chance to see it. When we come back on one and Film, A Perfect Pairing, a look at Martin Scorsese and also his film about suffering for your faith. And it's a difficult one, and it's called Silence. And we will be right back.
2: Welcome back to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Oscar-winning director Martin Scorsese has a new film out in theaters. It's called Silence. It's an examination of faith and suffering in the 17th century of Japan. And a film that Gary's been talking about for weeks. I finally had a chance to see it. It's it's tough. It's it's very difficult. So, so Gary, you kind of wanted this whole segment of the show to be about this film. Why? why what? struck you so much about it. Well, I think
1: it. It, it starts with Martin Scorsese, and it starts, this is the guy that did Mean Streets. I'm, I'm going to name off a few. I mean, all of these are not good, but great films. Mean Streets, Casino, Goodfellas, Raging Bull, I think it's one of the 10 best movies ever made, Taxi, Taxi Driver. Driver, Hugo, which won the Oscar and is more of one of his the more writer. underrated yeah, films. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The Departed. Gangs of New York, Shutter Island, The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, One of the most brilliant films I've ever seen in my life is called The King of Comedy Mm -hmm. with Robert De Niro Mm -hmm. (laughs) as a wannabe stand-up comic kidnapper with Jerry (laughs) Lewis and Sandra Bernhardt. He's had eight Oscar nominations for directing and only won once, I think. Uh, most by a living director uh, right now, uh, tied with the great Billy Wilder. But also, back in 1988, he did a film called The Last Temptation of Christ. In 88, I was just breaking into working for ABC out of Dallas and the affiliate in Dallas. And that film came out, and the two cities in the country that had the largest protest in America by faith-based people by mostly evangelicals, mm-hmm. um, was The Last Temptation to Christ. And Dallas was second and L.A. was first. Wow. 25,000 people showed up in Dallas to protest this film. Mm. None of them had seen it. And I was just fascinated by that whole thing. That
2: people would show up to protest something they have no idea. Yes. Nothing. Based on on what somebody
1: said in a newspaper. Based on fake news, basically. Based on an article that somebody wrote that said they knew somebody that knew somebody that read the original screenplay. And Jesus plays a human, It plays a man in this movie that gets married and has kids. And, of course, that makes the entire... Evangelical Terrible. community go crazy. Well, what it is is Scorsese is working out of this Catholicism on, on film, film. And in the film, there's a dream sequence where that happens. Mm-hmm. And it's like. No, this isn't a movie about that.
2: Why don't you actually learn the facts before
1: you protest something? Well, that's number one. You know, if you're if you if going to have a voice in a movie and you want to be heard, see the movie, then I don't care whether we agree or disagree. It's mm-hmm. the dialogue that counts. So uh, they wouldn't screen that film. The press, Universal went crazy. They wouldn't let any of us see the film before it came out. But it opened in New York in one theater at the Ziegfeld. And I went out and bought an airline ticket at my own expense, flew up to New York a week before it opened in Texas or nationwide. And I remember walking to the Ziegfeld Theater, and they had blocked off the streets in New York. But five thousand people were there every day, screaming at you if you're buying a ticket, including people lying prostrate on the ground with crosses tied mm-hmm. to their backs. You'll and I remember people yelling at me um, that you'll 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 die and go to hell if you buy a ticket to see the lesson. So I bought a ticket and went in. Thought it was one of the more fascinating, little, tiny, low-budget art films. Willem Dafoe plays Christ. Mm-hmm. That's fantasy sequence happens. Didn't alter my faith at all. I remember walking out and standing on a street corner in Manhattan, and I'm looking up because it's late in the afternoon, and I'm flying in and out in one day. And there's a, a man and his 17-, 18-year-old son, and they noticed that I was in the theater. And they said, man, that's we just had the best discussion about faith we've ever had in our life. Based on that weird film we just saw, and I thought, ah,
2: how that's cool. what? How that's cool the whole is point. that? Exactly. It's not. Exactly. It's not
1: a discussion about whether it's biblically accurate or nothing. It's about a discussion about faith that was spurred on by a movie, which is, I think, what sometimes that's movies the whole point of,
2: of what movies yeah. do. Movies start conversations." Yeah. Yeah. Let's go uh, to the deeper, richer level that you're
1: always. So about. a few years later, out comes Mel Gibson in The Passion of the mm-hmm. Christ and the evangelical community embraced that film, went crazy. Now I think it's a wonderful film, mm-hmm. completely different film than the last, than Scorsese's film. So now he comes along with silence and we're all kind of waiting to see what he does. And I, you know, we've seen this film. It's almost three hours long. There's a lot of torture in it. It takes place in 1630s, I think, mm-hmm. and two Portuguese missionaries. Go to Japan where they're not accepted. In fact, it's illegal to be a Christian. In fact, you are tortured and killed if you're found out. Even if you just live there and you're a Buddha and you profess Christ. And so these two missionaries go to find Liam Neeson because supposedly they found a note that said he he denounced Christianity and embraced the Japanese and that was culture their, and, he was, and there. He,
2: he was their teacher and he
1: was their he was their guy. Yes, and it's Adam Driver <laughs> who who plays. It plays Darth Vader in <laughs> The Force Awakens, yes. and, it, and it's um, and it's Andrew Garfield, and they're so good. And it's Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. So the, the film is two things for me. It's hard to watch. I couldn't wait for it to end. And number two, I can't wait. I can't stop thinking about it, mm-hmm. because it poses all these moral questions about would you suffer for your faith, and is that important? And the other question, uh, well, there's a, a lot of them, but one of the questions is, is your faith so important? That you have to go to other cultures and other countries to proselytize because it, because you think you have a corner on the truth. And that answer for these missionaries is absolutely yes. In fact, there's a line in the movie where he says, if we die, uh, Christianity dies in Japan. And I don't think that's true mm-hmm. because I think God reveals himself to all kinds of people and in, in their, often in their own cultures. Mm-hmm. But we really think that if we have a corner on the truth and we think what we say is right, that it doesn't matter. We can go anywhere and be tortured and be martyred and 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 then the decision of because what the what the culture does in this movie if you're a christian and you're caught is they make you step on a plate on a template that has a picture of the virgin mary and a picture of christ and so you have to stomp on christ and denounce him and you, you can't have any cross you can't have any religious symbols at all even allowed in the country or you're killed or they want to kill everyone around you just to make you feel bad mm-hmm which is what happens to a couple of missionaries in this movie. I I find the discussion really interesting because I don't know what I would do for my faith in a situation like that. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's. In, I'm not sure you're denouncing God by stepping on that. Right. Because you're actually going to save a whole bunch of people by doing that. Mm-hmm. And it all seems arrogant and kind of well, selfish and, you're, and folly. To you're,
2: me. What you believe in your heart, that's that's the person that you are.
1: Right. Um, and, and what I b- believe in my, you know, there's, I think it's a Luke passage in, in the Gospels, in the, in the New Testament. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I find that a lot of that, that half, last half of that verse gets distorted. We say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength and mind, and tell your neighbor what to do. <laughs> and that's the distortion of it, mm-hmm. is that we think, we think we're charged by, you know, a lot of evangelicals think they're just charged by God to go in the worst places in the world and tell everybody about it. Otherwise, they're not going to hear it. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, to me, that's the kind of crux of this film. And I, I'm not sure I have the answer for that because mm-hmm. everybody has to make their own answer. Mm-hmm. For me, I, for me, I'm, I, I don't find that true. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I'm a faith-filled person.
2: Well, the one, so there was and and, this is a it's a tough discussion. It's an interesting discussion, yeah. but there there were a few things in this that that I found um, I found interesting. One was that when these two missionaries arrived, they thought I, I think like they they thought that they were they thought that there were Christians there. It seems that they found a lot more Christians than maybe they were they they thought they would. Right. They weren't having to go in and spread the word. As as a brand new gospel, they there were people already there that believed.
1: They, they were ministering to them,
2: right? Yeah. Um, but in that ministry, I found it to be a little. Um, it, it, it there were some questions that I kind of kept on saying, like these people are are saying that that they believe and that they're Christians because they want to go to paradise, so they don't have to work, and and it then made brought up this whole question of well had whoever initially taught them and and converted them and made them believers what did they actually say, to say to what them. was what was what was the message that they gave to to convert these people um, from Buddhists into christianity and well, that was yeah. the question that i i found very i didn't i didn't ever really see an answer to because I just heard them saying, we're going to paradise, so we don't have to work, and we're not going to suffer, and we aren't going to starve, and, and...
1: Well, they were all suffering and all starving, even under the Japanese regime.
2: But, but, yes, that happens to you, And they wanted
1: relief from that. But,
2: but that's not going to happen to you until you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it was almost this whole, like, okay, now we're converted, and now, now we're going to paradise. Well... That yes, you will when when you when you die, yeah, but but you have to actually die to, yeah. to to get there. And until then, you're going to to live in even more. Um, you know, you're going to suffer probably even more because now you have to live against the yeah. the your government regime. I don't know. I thought yeah. it was a
1: no. I mean, it raised a lot of questions with no answers, right? And and also, you're there illegally, mm-hmm. and uh, it, I mean and. and I'm, I'm just, I, you know, my college roommate was a missionary and, and as came from a family of missionaries and they, they worked in radio and television. So it was a little bit different, but, but they were part of families that were, you know, they had family members and friends of theirs that were killed in the jungles of Ecuador and one of these famous mm-hmm. stories, mm-hmm. the end of the spear. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're, you know, we look at that as martyrdom and we look at that as, oh man, how amazing that you would go into these jungles and that was, your faith is so important that you would share. And then you're killed and eaten by cannibals. Mm-hmm. And you're killed and eaten or you're killed by, you're tortured in Japan in 1600s because it was completely illegal. And, and, but the, and I have respect, I have great respect in this movie for the Japanese culture. Right. Uh, um, I don't think it's going to last very long doing that. You, you can shut off from the world as much as you want, but mm-hmm. at some point. You know, you can't control the faith of every person mm-hmm. in a country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the country, the country will groan at some point with so many different cultures, you know, coming in. But they, they tried for a long time. And even, I think, even the, uh, the the Japanese commander at the end of the movie said, you know, we, we've we kept it away as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't really always right in doing that, but we did that. Well,
2: I think that that brings up bigger questions. And I think it brings up bigger questions of, of what we are dealing with right now you that that in any society in any culture and any faith and any any anything you you know if you tell something if you try to keep something out if you you know back to that the the prohibition discussion if you tell somebody they can't have something and they want it they're going to find out a way to have it right they're going to get it and and you either go about it you sneak around, or you go about it openly, and and so and you, you pay get,
1: the consequences you, if you get caught.
2: Exactly, and and I think that 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 brings up a lot of of you know. You can tell people what you want them to think and make them make them try to live under the the rule that you say, but the, people still have their own minds. Right. You can't you can't control every single aspect of everything around no,
1: you. No, and I don't want to. You know, I, I especially—that's I, why I use the word arrogance. I think sometimes uh, the Christian faith is arrogant. It's 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 not humble. Mm-hmm. It wants to be number one so bad. Uh, that it will, uh, you know, it, it markets itself. It does all kinds of things. We put ads in newspapers. We do all this stuff. And it's not about humility. And it's not about humbleness. And it's, we're always telling everyone. Which
2: is the exact opposite of everything that well, Jesus was.
1: Right. We're telling everybody else what to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, and to me, the faith, faith is about freedom. And, and I know what I am, not what I can't do. Mm-hmm. And, and it's about forgiveness. and It's about all kinds of things. But you don't act bad because you have forgiveness. You, You actually act better because you're free. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, but, you know, even now in our culture, people of different faiths come to our country and uh, they are scourged and abused in communities in our society and I find I find that arrogant. I, I find, find it that ridiculous. I find it tragic because it goes appalling against and tragic, it yeah. goes
2: against everything I that do. that this country was built on.
1: Right. So and, and, and we don't
2: want to be we don't want to become North Korea. <laughs> we don't want to be a society of people that that doesn't accept that doesn't accept new ideas and 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 change yeah. and 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 I think that that's also you know if you look at at the teachings of Jesus. He was a he was a humble man. He was a he was a generous man. He was a forgiving man. He was a he he was an inclusive man. And he went places oh
1: where we say, "Oh, you can't go there you can't if you're a Christian. That. You exactly. can't do that." He first to go in there yeah. and talk to people. Yeah, I, I I I find it in our arrogance, in our own faith, and our arrogance. That we're becoming like they were in Japan in 1600s. I mean, that's the nth end degree of that. That's yeah. Is so we want to keep everybody out mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we don't want our faith diluted. But you know, when I meet somebody of a different faith, it doesn't dilute mine; it makes it stronger.
2: I think. Well, I find it. I find it interesting. I find it. I found it. I find it an opportunity to learn about something that I'm not exposed to. Right. And and I I'm, I'm also strong enough in my beliefs and my conviction to 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 know who I am and know know where I'm going and know Mm -hmm. what, know what my path is. But to close your mind off to someone else, I agree. It's arrogant. It's, it's very narrow minded. And, and it's, it also kind of just makes you become the person that just sits inside your house and never leaves and lives in a bubble. And, and my gosh, how, how.
1: See, isn't it amazing that that, (laughs) that you can have this, you can see a film and have this discussion, Mm -hmm. which I, I, I'm. I, I think it's really, really interesting, you know, and, and there are martyrs all throughout history. I think John the Baptist was beheaded. you know, there, a lot of the disciples were killed and, mm-hmm. and, and I, I look at that and I go, what would I do and could I do that? And my answer is I just decided, I decided years ago to live my life and live my faith openly and honestly in front of the people in my home, in my neighborhood. And that, and that's what I, that's. What I feel comfortable in doing, I don't feel the need to go to the ends of the world and put people in life-threatening situations in order to spread that. Because I think God reveals Himself to absolutely everyone in their culture.
2: Well, the other side of that, I also think that people do it for for their own personal gain instead of because they're they're trying to live the the life that God would want them to. I well, think and I we think, do yeah. live in a society of people that 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 often do things for their own personal gain and to to show everybody else how great they are because look at me, look at what I'm doing. Yeah, look and at instead, television. Yes. Look at TV evangelists. Exactly. Yeah. And instead, live live a good life, be true to who you are, yeah. take care of your family.
1: Be true to your faith. Yeah. Yeah. I, ag- I agree. You know, we we both have worked in television and we know that you have to wear makeup. <laughs> so once you put makeup on a minister, I think it ruins everything. It kind of changes things. That's my deal. Well, anyway, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. It's
2: interesting, yeah. and, and it's it's. I think it's it's playing in, in kind of more art houses right mm-hmm. now, and it is long. Um, you you might need a snack to watch.
1: You guest. might need a snack, and you, you can fall asleep for five minutes and be okay. It might. It, well, that might have happened. <laughs> To, to us at some point next <laughs> week on Wine and Film a Perfect Pairing uh, Michael Keaton stars in a confusing new film he plays Ray Kroc the man who created the McDonald's franchise in a new film from the director of The Blind Side one of my favorites John Lee Hancock and that film is called The Founder Plus, Haley and I have been watching a lot of documentaries lately, and we're going to catch you up on everything from, uh, Ava DuVernay's film called 13th to an yes, it is good, to an extraordinary film about a young girl from Mongolia. And that one is called The Eagle Huntress.
2: And last week, Gary and I, uh, invited everybody to join us if you're in the Dallas area to our event that we've got coming up with the Dallas Arboretum on January 26th. I think we still have a handful of tickets. Um, tickets are on the dallasarboretum.org website. But it's kind of our Oscar preview event. We're going to pair some tasty wines. I just figured out what the wines are, and I'm so excited um, with the kind of top nominees from from some of the key categories. Yeah. He's going to talk through the whole ballot, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So, again, tickets are on their website, um, DallasArboretum.org. But for now, um, any if you have any uh, questions or you want to hear any more about any of the films we talked about today and a little bit more on Brugal, then please check out our blog on CogillConsulting.com or through Facebook and follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill. And to see what we're drinking now, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked.
1: And with that, I'm Gary Cogill. And as usual, I'm looking for the next great film.
2: I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine.
1: Join us next time on Wine and Film A Perfect Pairing.